Hello and welcome to episode number eight of the Performance Through Health podcast with me, Martin McPhillamy. And I'm pretty excited about today. It's my um, my first guest on. So, uh, Joe, Joe Davis. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for uh, traveling all the way up here. It's, uh, it's a bit of a trek from where you are. About 30 minutes away, are you? Yeah, down south. I've never been up here before. Oh. I did wonder where I was going when... Uh, some guy off Instagram invited me around to his house to record a po- podcast. My girlfriend was like, where are you going? <laughs> so this is a mandate. <laughs> yeah, this is it. And I was surprised. I was happy to see that there was an actual podcast set- room set up when I got here and it wasn't just some baiting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, look, I've been, um, I've been uh, putting a bit of effort into this because I do actually want to try and start podcasting a, a bit more. And uh, it's, it's a great tool just to get guys around and, and, and girls around just to have a chat and I guess learn really. Yeah. So, moving into the fitness industry myself, um, I've been in the health industry for nine or ten years now, but I'm wanting to move into the fitness industry. So this is a way for me to basically interview yeah. guys like you who've been for a while, and uh, I can uh, essentially learn from you. Yeah, awesome. So, um, what I really want to start off with is, is what, so how, what was your what's your journey into into fitness? Where where did it all start? Um, what you were like as a child? Were you into sports and stuff like that? Um, yeah, I suppose I have always been into it. I, I guess my journey started from very young. Like my why for getting into health and fitness, I guess, is my mum actually passed away when I was eight years old um, from cancer. So I guess growing up and having to watch that uh, definitely led me into. Um, wanting to discover more about the body, how you can prevent these kind of things from happening. And as I sort of went through my teenage years, I just became kind of obsessed with, all right, well, how can I optimize my nutrition to prevent sickness? How can I stay as healthy as possible? How can I stay strong? Because I saw my mum get weak and sick Mm. and, and obviously pass away. So I think those massive traumas that you have in life can either, you know, destroy you or lead you into a new path of growth. And I'm just glad that mine led me to this journey because literally every day I wake up now, I'm a personal trainer. I became qualified in remedial massage. I study all my own nutrition stuff. Um, and I couldn't imagine waking up and doing anything different with my time. So it's like I've now found my purpose from that massive trauma that happened while I was when I was younger. Um, so yeah, I like I said, I went on to study um, remedial massage first and then went on to become a personal trainer, strength coach. Now I've gone down more of a powerlifting route, but yeah, I spend a lot of my time rehabilitating people's injuries, um, teaching them how to eat right for weight loss and muscle growth and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's been a massive journey um, throughout my whole life, really. And uh, yeah, now I'm in Western Australia chatting to you about it, so it's been a it's been a good journey. Good. So and yeah, so it's been a journey. Obviously, you're a you're a pommy boy like myself. Yep. Um, where, where did you grow up? Uh, Cheltenham, actually. And I'm sticking south of the river here as well. <laughs> Brilliant. No, no, so Cheltenham, did, did you move here here as an adult or as a child? Um, no, my parents, so when my mum passed away, I actually, um, her boyfriend took me on yeah, okay. um, as, uh, like, he became my legal guardian. Yep. He got a new wife eventually, um, and then they legally adopted me, um, and my the the my stepmom had the points necessary to emigrate to Australia. So when I was eighteen, they emigrated to Australia. I actually stayed in England, but I had yeah. residency. And then when I was twenty three, I came out and did my own traveling around and decided, yeah, I want to stay. Um, and then I turned that into a passport and citizenship. Yeah. So it was like 
it was building from when I was growing up. That's pretty cool. The yeah. whole the whole, um, the whole journey, uh, your, your why of into health, it's, it's, it's pretty similar to myself in terms of that. My granddad died at a very young age. Yeah, um, right. I think he was probably, I don't know, 40 or something like that. And my, so my dad was only 20, 20 something, 20, uh, and uh, that really affected my dad. And my dad really got into to fitness then because he thought, oh, my, my, my granddad's had a heart attack young. What happens to, to me? Mm. And I think what's passed on to then to me is my dad's gone into bodybuilding, gone into strength, uh, into strength training and to try to keep himself fit. And that's just gone, you know, just passes down. Yeah. Um, so that's very, so it's very similar. So I can, uh, you know, I can, can appreciate that where yeah. that's coming from, definitely. It's, um, it's pretty amazing how it happens, isn't it? Like if you talk to anyone that's really passionate about one thing, it normally comes, like people talk about voids and values. Um, so your voids then become your values. So if you go through life having um, missed out on feeling loved or feeling part of a family, then typically as an adult, you grow up to really appreciate and value family and mm. certainty around that. Obviously mine was um, experiencing uh, a decline in health and things like that from watching my mum. So, so my um, passion has obviously become teaching everyone how to stay as healthy as possible because I don't want them to have to go through what I went through. Yeah, okay. So in terms of uh, keeping people as healthy as possible, uh, where, where would you really start with, uh, if you say to, let's say you to pick up a client who, um, who's really been struggling with their health, uh, overweight, um, you know, might have uh, some sleep issues, sleep problems, might be potentially on the, on, the, on the end of getting a bit of diabetes or something like that. Um, where would you really start with a, an individual like that? Um, I think the first thing would be nutrition um, and the, the, the real thing is assessing the individual and implementing strategies that suit that personality type. So some people have this kind of A-type personality, just tell me what to do and I'll go for it. You give them a whole list of things to do, they just tick it off one by one and they smash it out. Some people that's too overwhelming you need to implement one thing at a time. I actually did a post on this this morning on social media about um, strategically implementing habits to suit your personality type. So for say this person that's a beginner, overweight, struggling with their health for years, it might be simpler for someone like that to um, just for two weeks or a month, just focus on how to track their calories and how to monitor their food intake so they know exactly what they're eating on a daily basis and how it's impacting their current health. And then you might make a small adjustment from there and be like, all right, so now we're going to implement a deficit and you're going to learn how to manage that. And then it might be two or three weeks later, you go, all right, now we're going to focus on your protein target and you educate them why protein is important. And then they focus on that. And it's just like staggered habits over the course of a year mm -hmm. rather than trying to flood someone that's overwhelmed already because there's so much misinformation out there, as I'm sure you know. Most people come to you, they're overwhelmed, they don't know where to go, they need some direction. And I think if you can just steer someone one degree at a time, gently, then you get better results with someone like that. Mm -hmm. um, so like I said, some people can handle a whole list of things all at once. Um, but yeah, just gently steering people in the right direction of nutrition, then exercise, lifting weights, um, and just teaching them the importance of each one and why they're doing it. Because mm. um, if you can teach someone why they're doing it, they're more likely to stick with it for the rest of their life. Oh, if you just tell that, yeah. someone what to do, 
I think everyone gets to a point where they're going, well, why the fuck am I doing this? Like, <laughs> well, there's a difference between just uh, you know, showing people what to do. Some people do obviously do want that. And that's yeah, typically you might see young girls that just go, look, I don't really care about all this sort of stuff. I just want to be trained. I just want someone to tell me what to yeah. do. Just, just, I want to come to the gym. I don't want to have to think about it. Mm. Um, my, my girlfriend absolutely loves those boards they put up in Revo. It's just like, go in, just watch the boards and just kind of just do the sit-ups. You, you do your circuits and stuff like yeah. that. She doesn't want to have to make up her own exercise programs and stuff yeah. like that. And she doesn't want to have to kind of learn about it. But I do love that you, um, you know, you look at the psychology of it first. Mm. And you said to me at the very beginning of that, just, of that sentence there, it's like you get those type A individuals. And my first client for performance through health was a very type A individual, but very stubborn as well, very in their own ways and kind of already quite driven and going in one direction. And I was trying to tr- trying to change the direction to slow them down a bit because they were so getting pumped up. Like, I want to train twice a day. I want to do this. They call us all through the roof. I've got sleep problems and trying to bring it back down again. But I, I didn't develop, I couldn't develop the communication to try and get that into them. I was like, right, you need to do this. Tell them what to do. But then it just kind of, it was yeah. just a, a, a well, well, no, no, I've always done it this way. Mm. So how do, you, how, how do you handle stubborn individuals? Yeah, again, I think it just comes down to education. I've had many clients that are CEOs of big businesses and they are very, like, all in. Like, let's just go, tell me, like, and it's all about, you know, going from zero to 100 in a week. And to me, it's, that's kind of where the art of coaching comes in. You've got the scientific brain, you've got the art, and I think... I kind of have an ability to blend the two between science and art quite well in the gym. Um, and yeah, I think that's where the art of being like, all right, well, I, I sometimes I kind of manipulate them in a way <laughs> and I, I let them think that they're telling me what to do yeah, and yeah, let yeah. them think that, yeah, okay, we're going to do your plan. It's kind of like inception yeah. <laughs> and like, it's like, all right, rather than us butting heads and pushing against each other, how about I just grab onto your arm and let you lead the way and I'll just gently nudge you in the way that is better for you as we go. Yeah. And it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a hard thing to explain, but yeah, it's better than sort of like, no, you have to do this. No, I want to do this. And then you kind of, there's a lot of friction there. It's better to go, well, what do you want to do? And they go, oh, I want to do this. And you go, all right, cool. That's a great idea. Let's go and do that. But along the way, why don't you think about this? <laughs> and then you just plant little seeds and it's kind of like they think they're leading the way, but you're kind of steering them in, in a better direction. Um, and yeah, just start kind of working with them like that. Yeah, because you do get those people where it's just like they're so set in their ways. They're so dominant. Mm. Um, and it's hard to tell them what to do because they already think they know what to do. Mm. Well, my, my client was a, it was a woman and she was a, you know, very masculine in, in her ways and uh, just, just exactly what you've just said there like you have to kind of let them come up with the idea and I knew that but yeah. I, got, I got so excited about the evidence I had in front of me the scientist came out it's like right your cortisol is at this point in your night it's like up here you know, you've got this going on you've got this going on I can see the patterns we need to do this or you need to do this you need to you need to stop training now you need to have a deload yeah it's like I got so excited. I was like, my ego just went, boom. And then all of a sudden, boom, we clashed. And she was just like, well, I don't think I can do that. Yeah. I was just like, okay, right. What do you think you can do then? I'd already planted that seed that we needed to do that. And she just, she was just basically saying, no, I don't want that. But um, no, I really love uh, the the point you said about, you know, you have the science of it and you have the art of it. Um, And this uh, last couple of years for me has really been kind of focusing on um, improving my, uh, I guess, my creativity through the arts because I can see it helps with those uh, on your feet conversations um, and just like problem solving issues and and coming up with new ideas just just like just like you say. 
I'm transitioning into into coaching, and uh, it's definitely a something that I've been studying for a little while but until you actually start working with individuals exactly and I think it's the kind of skill that only develops through experience you know you can read textbooks of okay so someone needs to eat this much protein someone needs to lift this percentage of weight someone needs to um you know I don't know create torque in their hips when they're squatting but to deliver that scientific text to each individual requires a different level of communication and some people you can say hey, so I need you to lift at 65%, I need you just to twist your knees out and push your hips back, and they're like, done, and it's done. They've got that same kind of mind. Some people need you, I like, I've developed it over the years, you need to paint a picture. It's like, okay, so I want you to imagine that you're spreading the floor and you're pushing your bum back to a seat behind you, and then it's like, oh, okay, I get that. So I'm, selling, I'm essentially telling someone to do the same thing, um, but it's just a different delivery method, and it, it resonates more with that person. But like you said, if you're, I've definitely messed up for many years at the start like just this is the way you do it and trying to deliver the same message in the same way to every single person it just doesn't work so it's something I think you just develop the 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 art of that over time okay um, and it gets easier yeah the yeah. more you go on I guess and I've been uh, obviously we've been following each other on Instagram for yeah, probably a few months now since yeah. you moved over from Melbourne to, to Perth and what really attracts me about your stuff is that you know, you're, you're a personal trainer, you're a strength and conditioning coach, but you, you do delve into this sort of stuff as well. You don't just go straight into, okay, this is just fitness, this is just health. You actually start talking about some personal development and uh, you know, some of the guys that you follow, and uh, I've heard a few of the things. Have you actually done any communication uh, training at all? Uh, nothing specifically, no. Um, to be honest, my partner has done... From the age of about 21, I think, nearly every Tony Robbins course, every Joe Dispenza course, like all these different personal development courses. I've worked alongside someone in Melbourne, um, a guy called Scott Taylor, who owns Kettlefit. It's a kettlebell-based studio over there. He also has done lots of NLP stuff and um, Tony Robbins stuff and all this. So the influences around me have led me to discovering that stuff. And mm. I, there was definitely a time in Melbourne where I was building, so I, I used to be a waiter, right? I just worked in hospitality. I, I studied remedial massage in Melbourne, studied personal training in Melbourne, and while I was building my business, there was definitely a time where I was transitioning from working in the restaurant to becoming a massage therapist to then becoming a personal trainer, where I had quite bad anxiety. I'd gone through a, a pretty bad breakup um, with a, an ex and I was kind of stranded. I felt it was the first time in my life I really felt isolated because I was on the other side of the world. Um, obviously my family's in England, my parents are living up on the Sunshine Coast and um, I just felt really isolated because all I'd done is study and, and worked on this relationship and then it had gone. So you know like when you lose a part of your identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then um, what happens, I, I just for the first time in my life I developed anxiety and I couldn't sleep and I was having all these like problems like switching my mind off and so I um, I'd been given this book literally probably two years prior from a friend of my ex who had given me this book called A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I actually got it down here. Yeah, I actually think I just saw the cover <laughs> as I said that. I was like, oh, there it is. Um, anyway, that book, I, if anyone listening needs a good book recommendation if you're struggling with anxiety, that book... I remember closing, I was sitting in St. Kilda on the foreshore and I remember literally closing that book. I was sat on the grass and I was like, I fucking know it now. I get it. Like, I get it. <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was the most bizarre feeling. And I remember walking around like, I, like the lights had been turned up. Yeah. And I was like, I know it sounds really cliche and, and probably a bit like 
or whatever, but it was the most surreal experience. And I was like, I fucking get it. Mm. I get it. And then I was sit- found myself sitting at cafes listening to conversations going, that's your pain body talking. That's your ego trying to override that conversation. You're just angry because you're seeing something in that person that upsets you that you don't like about yourself. I was like, fuck, like my brain was exploding. And I was like, I need to learn more. And then, so I had these influences around me that were subtly trying to get me into new stuff. Like I said, the Scott Taylor from Kettlefit. But after I closed that book and I just discovered it in a moment of need and it was, again, trauma leads Mm. to growth if you allow it. And if you just let it, if you sit with the trauma and then think, all right, well, what is this teaching me now? And, and things like that. Then I feel like you can use any kind of bad experience to propel you to the next level if you allow growth to occur. Yeah. Um, and so that's just, it just sent me off on a spiral. And then I started reading, you know, habit books. I started watching Tony Robbins videos, listening to podcasts. And now for the last, I reckon that was five, six years ago, the whole time I've been developing my business, I've been developing myself. And it's just been this amazing journey of growth so now i just feel like i need to tell everyone like anytime i learn anything i feel like i need to tell everyone that's why i started social media and it's like that's why i love coaching people because i feel like i have a duty now to read more books so i can help more people um and so i just keep trying to develop and having these conversations and things like this and following people like yourself um because it just inspires me to learn more to teach more i love that honestly i absolutely love that everything that you've gone through there everything you've said really resonates i was exactly the same moved from england to to perth on my own and uh, had no one around me yeah and uh same thing met a girl or met a couple of girls was probably in a position where i, I felt like i needed to be accepted by individuals and yeah. uh, it kind of jumped into relationships and then got heartbroken and got to the point where i was now I had real bad anxiety and i can't remember the person who um who told me to read it but I actually read Power Now first yeah right and I found it a bit complicated to kind of uh, to, to read the structure of the book just because um, it's more kind of like sentences and then it's like him narrating to himself okay Eckhart Tolle to narrating to himself so it's like you, it's his brain talking to his ego at the same time okay. it's, it's, uh, it's his self speaking to his ego sorry and then after that I read The New Earth and I was like this is so much easier to understand right now I get it now I understand what presence is. Now I understand when I'm there and I'm witnessing these things going on. I understand in the psychology and the spirituality. And to me, psychology and spirituality are very, very similar, just a different language. It's just essentially the science, is, the science of spirituality is psychology. Yeah. It's just what's in your mind, what's in your head, what's a part of your ego and things like that. But you, um, you moved on to uh, Tony Robbins stuff and the development stuff. That was me two, a couple of years ago and exactly the same as you. So like, all of a sudden I knew all this knowledge yeah. and I wanted to contribute it back. And as soon as I started to contribute that back, I just felt my life had changed. I was like, hold on a second. All of a sudden I'm like, I've had this purpose. I have this, this gift I can do. I've, mm-hmm. got this, I've got all this knowledge stored up and I've got a way out of this hellhole that I was in. There's so many people in that hellhole, so many people that have got that trauma that... You know, we need to get them back out of it. Now, uh, obviously, trauma can affect people's nutrition uh, yeah. over this Christmas period. Um, the Christmas for me this year was a bit lonely, and I found myself just uh, unconsciously not being able to stop myself grab chocolates. Yeah, and um, it, it, it becomes a pattern of of eating behaviours. Do, do you do you do much in terms of helping sort of support individuals with that sort of eating habits? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of it, which is something I've recently learned. is how um, your environment affects your choices more than you currently think Mm -hmm. that it is. So, for example, um, I've just read the book Atomic Habits, and it's another fantastic book that I'd recommend to anyone. 
and he talks about um, if you walk into the kitchen and you're not thinking of food and you're just walking in to get a glass of water but there's a plate of cookies on the side the chances of you eating one, five, or ten of those cookies is very high. Yeah. But if those cookies were never there, you're subcon- you wouldn't have even done it. And you'd be doing it subconsciously just because it's present. So I think when it comes to like changing habits like that, it's more about sort of manipulating your environment to create a more uh, proactive environment that leads you to where you want to go. And so an example of this is... Recently, I was re- I was getting really irate with myself because I was wasting hours on the Xbox just playing Call of Duty. <laughs> and I was like, I need to be spending my time. If I want to lead people, I need to be spending my time more productively yeah. and I need to read more books. And so um, I, you know, one of the ways you can do this, for example, in that instance for something like that is you could unplug the Xbox or take the batteries out of the remote so that um, it's there's more resistance between the subconscious patterning of you going and sitting down and playing the Xbox. If the more you can create resistance between the habits that you don't want, Mm. the less likely it is that you're going to do them. And the more you can create um, less, sorry, the less you can, the less resistance you create between habits that you want to do, Mm. the more likely it is that you're just going to do, do those. So for example, in this instance, you could unplug the Xbox, remove the batteries from the remote, get your partner to hide the remote and then put a pile of books in place of where the Xbox was. And so subconsciously you're going to go for those, old habits but if you create resistance to them and then put something in place of that which is now easier to do it's just easier just to grab a book so then I found myself just reading more books reading more books and now I'm stuck in this habit of reading books I'm loving it so yeah with things like that like you say I know there's emotional triggers that can um, cause certain particular actions like if you're feeling lonely you might reach for chocolate Um, but the more you can manipulate your environment to make you not do that I think the better chance of success you've got of changing that habit. Yeah. Um, and also that comes down to self-awareness. It's become self, like, am I actually in need? Do I actually want chocolate or am I hungry or am I just lonely? And the more you can kind of practice that, it's like a muscle that needs to be trained. You need to go, and again, from a, pa- uh, from a new earth, that's where I learned to zoom out from my thoughts and go, so all right, so I just felt insecure, or I just felt lonely, or I just felt angry. What triggered that? Ah, oh, it was my boss telling me what to do, but what triggered, what, why does that make me angry? Ah, oh, I have a problem with authority because when I was younger, mm-hmm. this happened. And so, you know, the more you can practice that and go on that little journey, the more you go, well, I don't need to react with a snappy comment because of something that happened to me years ago, or I don't need to go and eat chocolate now just because I'm feeling lonely. I need to override that with a conscious thought of something that's more proactive. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of went off on a tangent. No, there's two. There's two really, two really good points in there. Number one is the resistance. Yeah, putting that resistance in play that definitely works for me. I know that I've been um, uh, when I've ever done like a you know, body transformation or I wanted to lose some body fat and go on go on a, a diet, let's say per se. Um, I just remove everything from the house and then I just don't buy it. Yeah, and it's just, that's that's easy for me. Because then I just don't see it and I just don't consume it. And then all of a sudden I just get this habit of like, I don't spend money on sugary foods or I don't spend money on chocolate and stuff like that. But then my partner comes home and she'll bring a big bag of lollies home because she's annoyed at something. <laughs> and I'll just be sat in the cupboard and I was like, every time I open that cupboard, it's like, doing it, doing it, I was like, oh, here we go. And for me, I've had that sweet tooth. My granddad used to give me sweets when I was younger and it just 
takes me back to those memories, like I yeah. said, as, you, as you're young and having having one, and I'd be like, oh, that was nice. And now, I, when I'm when I'm in a position where I've got the the habits ingrained, I can then just have the one or two. Yeah. But if I'm in a position where you know, yesterday I think you talked about exercising and training in your, in one of your posts is like you have a plan in place, or if you don't have a plan in place, you you just exercise. And for me at the moment, I'm just kind of floating around, just exercising, just keeping myself healthy in the gym. Don't really have a structure until uh, well, just this week. I've just started putting it together, but that offsets you. Yeah. And if you don't have that planning structure, I find that really just makes you go, everything just falls away and you've just got no boundaries. You've got no, I guess, um, a value or structure or a plan to go forward. And you end up just picking and just losing. Yeah. And if you don't, again, it comes back to the why. It's like you have no why to avoid it Mm. because there's no purpose or direction Mm. to where you're going, I think. So, yeah, yeah, like you just said, if you've created a why, like, no, in six months' time, I want to be achieving this physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever it is, and, you know, the sweets don't serve that journey, then you'll be more inclined to want to just avoid the sweets because you've got a bigger picture that you're trying to paint. Yeah. And the second point they touched on was uh, having the awareness yeah. So having that awareness to um, to know that it's the emotional part of you that wants the you know, the sugary food, or to know it's actually no, it's actually hunger pains, or it's like no, it's it's actually a first. Um, how would you go about with, with your clients to actually start pr- improving their self awareness? Is that something that you do? I haven't worked extensively with people on that yet, to be honest. Um, I'm learning it now because with the online academy that i'm creating i'm delving a lot more into the mindset stuff yeah and with that is it's it's much easier because i can um access people via an app i can set them up on certain programs so i'm creating like a for example right now i'm creating a um program called the proper kickstart so it's called the proper fitness academy proper kickstart and it's gonna be so that person that you mentioned a while ago that fake person that's you know overwhelmed overweight doesn't really know what to do where do they go i've actually created a a program now it's going to be eight weeks and it's just about implementing one or two habits per week and just stacking them on top of each other over eight weeks and it's going to build them to a point and within that there's going to be education on like all right so what are your triggers and um are you creating an optimal environment there's going to be like education around that and it's going to be delivered through the app via like uh pdfs and videos of me talking and things so i'm getting much more into that now and i've known for a long time i want to touch on it and i will post about it but i haven't really created a system up until now where i can actually get into people's psychology like that so yeah yeah, it's definitely coming do you would you meditate i've tried yeah Yeah. (laughs) and it's not it's not for everyone but it's uh it's certainly something that made me aware of those thoughts that you're you're having it's like if you you know if you've got something that pops up uh, uh, or an emotional trigger or some some kind of trigger that uh, spurs this behavior Mm. if you can change try and change that behavior to a meditation and meditate on why that's there the memories flood yeah they flood up and all of a sudden it's some people can handle it because it's like if there is a real bad trauma there, that the brain won't just the brain won't allow that memory to come up because it's yeah. just been suppressed for so long. Um, but certainly, um, I, I can sit there and I can think about conversations or um, uh, issues that I've had with my mom or my brother when I was when I was younger, and I would run and go and get still some sweets or some foods or something. So that for me was always a starting point for self awareness, which yeah, is actually right. starting to go internal rather than looking external all the time. So you might have had an argument with someone, and then you 
reverted to the sweets for comfort for for pleasure for for, to feel good because sugar in high high amounts at the end of the day it actually becomes a bit of a a pain relief and a bit of a a pleasure seek and we're always either running towards pleasure or we're running away from pain yeah as tony as tony robbins says yeah um so the the fitness academy yeah um, proper fitness academies, that what yeah, it's called. That's right. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Awesome. I really like the uh, the branding and, and uh, everything you're doing on, on, on Instagram. What's the what's the what's the vision with that? So I want to create. My goal was to create a platform, like I just said, where I could educate people from anywhere in the world, mm. um, and have it delivered in a way that's accessible, easily accessible, um, and in a way that I can constantly update it and develop it and work on it. So. Mm-hmm. I've created obviously the website and it's got the app attached to it so people can log in and they get their profile and within there there's like a whole coaching library so for my one-on-one clients they instantly get access to it if they're training with me every week and then online clients it's just like a monthly subscription but you know you get your customized training programs you get your nutritional plans you get all of that in there but with it it allows me to you know, I've correct. For example, I was saying before we started the podcast, I've corrected um, people's technique. Now, people that are training with me that live in Melbourne on the East Coast or even in England, I'm improving their low bar squat, and that's my biggest pleasure. I'll, I, you know, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, I reckon, you know, when a new parent sees their toddler walk for the first time, yeah, I reckon if you put <laughs> if you put electrodes on someone's brain. If you put electrodes on someone's brain and watch the pattern of lighting up that happens when they experience their child taking their first step, I reckon the same patterning would happen in my brain when I see someone perfect their <laughs> movement patterns on a low bar squat or their deadlift or their bench press. And for me to be able to access more people than just the people that live in Australia mm. that can attend the gym and train with me and for a much lower cost, because I know personal training is not in people's some people's budgets, um, it just... I get so much pleasure out of that. So now I've I've got this ability to be able to send videos to people via an app or, you know, I've got a whole technique coaching library in there and they can access all this information that I have in my head that I said I'm so passionate about teaching people um, that my vision now is to be able to reach as many people as possible, um, which is just an incredible part of living in today is that we can do all this stuff, you know. Even like people like yourself, like I've just found you on Instagram, started following you before I moved to Perth. And, you know, I've learned so much from your posts and things. So I I just love, I just love technology and and the fact that now we can reach more people, we can do more, we can have a greater impact. And I just feel like I owe it to my mum to have the biggest impact possible on the earth. That's amazing. And um, and that's that's my vision now. I just want to make it, and I called it the Proper Fitness Academy as a bit of a cheeky play on words, because I'm always saying stuff in the gym like, all right, so why did you get back pain? They're like, oh, I think it's squats. I'll be like, all right, show me a squat. And then they'll do something. I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to teach you a proper squat. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, it's such an English word as yeah. well, isn't it? Proper. <laughs> and like, people, over, people over here in Australia are probably like, oh, proper is probably not a com- that as common as it is in England. But yeah. it, it certainly does fit as a, as a brand name. Yeah, it's, and it, it res- it's a word that I resonated with. I was just driving along in Melbourne. I remember the day it happened. And I was like, I just want one word for a business name. I don't want to be Joe Davis. I don't want it to be like... Joe Davis's Academy and stuff. I just want one word that I highly resonate with, you know, like Richard Branson's got Virgin and there's Nike and there's, and I was like, 
what word? And I was going through a list of words and then I just said proper to myself. And I was like, yeah, maybe I could just drop the ER and add an A. And I was like, yeah, proper. And I was like, yeah, proper squat. Proper. <laughs> I was like, that's the one. That's cool. You've, uh, have you heard of um, Ben Coomber in the, over in the UK? No. So he's, uh, I think he's got like number one's uh, health and fitness podcast in the UK. Ben, oh, right. ben Coomber, yeah. He's, uh, he's just released a, well, it's been going for about a couple of years now, but his supplement company is called Awesome. So every, every time he talks, he just has to say awesome. Yeah, and right. And it, 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 oh, it adds to the brand. I like so that. He, he starts like, you know, do, you want, do you want some awesome supplements? <laughs> do, you want, you know, do you want this or that? And I think you've got the similar thing. He's like, you know, well, I'm going to teach you it properly, but I'm going to do it proper. Yeah. And that's the hashtag, do it proper. And, and I love that people, like already my online clients and people are already getting behind the brand. I love it. And like even when you message me, you're like, yeah, come over, we'll have a proper chat. Yeah. Like, I love this. Yeah, like, yeah. People are getting behind the word. And and um, I think it's something that is like, it is something that p- many people can resonate with. Like, yeah, I want to do it properly. Like, let's do it proper. So, okay. Yeah. And um, do you have a, a particular target audience that you look for? So, say if anyone's listened to this podcast, if they want to you know, reach out to you and, 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 uh, and get into the, the proper fitness academy, is there a particular, um, do they just have to message you or? Do they, yeah. Um, properfitnessacademy.com they can head there and, and inquire through the website um, proper.fitnessacademy on Instagram um, but yeah the I suppose what like I said what I'm creating at the moment is the proper kickstart specifically for beginners people that have no clue about what to do it's a very gentle introduction eight weeks to alright well this is why you're tracking calories this is how you do it mm-hmm. just focus on that for seven days and this is now protein and this is sleep and this is a very basic gym workout I just want you to go twice a week nothing crazy 30 minutes and it just builds from there for eight weeks till they get to a point where they're doing all these things um, and then the idea is that the kickstart will be the introduction for the beginners because um, a lot of what I do I suppose my target um, market is it what well, look I, I train lots of beginners anyone that is able to understand that it's going to be a process and that it's it's a long-term plan of just mind, like, you know, perfecting the technique, you know, improving by 1% every week or day. Um, that's the sort of person that really resonates well with my coaching style because um, it's all about, for me, I am in love with the process. Like, that's why I've gotten into powerlifting. I just mm. love, well, how can I tighten this lift up just a little bit more? And the people that get the best results through my coaching are the ones that can appreciate that. Yep. Um, uh, so yeah, I suppose it's like people that want to lift weights um, and you know monitor their nutrition, whether they're trying to bulk up or lose fat. Um, but yeah, people that appreciate the process and it's not just, um, well, just I want it to happen in six weeks. I want it to happen in eight weeks. It's more of that like long-term lifestyle yeah. implementation process and i think um that yeah that's that's really important to s- s- set that expectation from the start I mean, like me moving into this more of this coaching thing is that i can write an eight-week program and then at the end of it the person's like oh well yeah i've i've, I've not had massive changes because for the general public you, you're not really going to get huge changes in in eight weeks in terms of how you physically look and how how you feel yeah. differently. But in how you physically look, not everyone's going to get massive changes because you know this uh, guy, a client, a recent client I've took on, ninety kilo guy, he's been cutting. He's been he was one hundred and six, got down to to ninety, but he's been on like two thousand calories now or less than two thousand calories now for like months on end. 
And he's like, I can't lose any more weight. And yeah. he's like, well, to be honest with you, you probably need a, a bit of a break. You probably need to come back up again, give your body a rest, mm. and then slowly come back down. And, and that's not going to take eight weeks. You know, that's going to take 16 weeks, maybe yeah. 30 weeks, yeah. especially for someone who's got a bit, uh, quite a bit to lose and wants to, has got a, a big dramatic change in their life. Yeah. Um, so that goes back to uh, you know, the post that you made the other day about just, just exercising or having that plan in, in place. And I think that's what you're trying to do really with, with, with the proper fitness academy. It's, yeah. it's more like I'm actually turning you into in, so that you can train yourself as well. Yeah. And you can actually then educate yourself in that eight weeks. Then, uh, you know, we can get you to a certain point and if you want to continue, but also you're, you're going to have the knowledge yourself to be able to know how to do it pro- yeah. properly. Yeah, proper. <laughs> do it proper. <laughs> and that's the thing. My whole thing has been... Even when I was a remedial muscle surface, before I even got into personal training, I'd people would come to me. I remember there's one guy specifically, mid fifties probably. He and every time he came to see me for a treatment, his back was hurt, and he'd be like, "Do you think I need to get this um, vibro thing, or do you think I need to wear this waist belt, or do you think I need to do this?" And I'd be like, "No, like I'm here trying to educate you on the fact that your body has everything it needs. Like you're a fully able person. Your body has everything it needs for you to not be in pain. You just need to use it right. So I'm trying to give you the tools to go off and do it. But um, it was always a bit of resistance because he wasn't going home doing the rehab exercises. He wasn't putting in the work to establish uh, a base, I guess, for himself to build from. Mm -hmm. And my whole philosophy has always been even when I, like I said, even when I was a massage therapist, I don't want to see you forever. Like yeah. I want to, I want you to come in. I want to teach you the basics, and then I want you to run off, and you've now got a, a education on how to look after yourself. Yeah. But I don't want you to be dependent on me. Yeah. And again, I think I've identified that through a bit of thinking. My mum was so locked in and dependent on doctors and a hospital, she had no freedom. Mm. And I, I want people to have freedom. I want people to be able to come to me for eight weeks whether they just do um, eight weeks of personal training and I just perfect their lifts so that they're safe now to go off and mm. do it on their own. They can follow anyone's program on yeah. the internet if they want, but just come in, learn it properly and then go off with the tools that you can then build on for life. And I suppose that's the point of the fitness academy is now I can get people in one-on-one training. I know it's expensive for some people, so it's like, come in for six sessions, let's perfect all your movement patterns and then you can drop back to the academy and it's much, uh, it's a better budget for most people. It's just a cheaper rate. And then I'll still program for you and look after you weekly check-ins and all that. But, um, you know, at least you've built the foundation with me and now you've got an understanding of how to do everything properly. So now you can continue to do it for the rest of your life and not injure yourself, yeah. not, not be dependent on an osteo, not be dependent on a Cairo, not be dependent on a personal trainer. It's like, I just want to give people that independence to be able to look after themselves, I guess. Yeah. And that's where the education comes in. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. Obviously it's, as a coach, it's your role, um, or you could say your duty to ensure that you're educating the individual as long as, as well as training them. Um, but we, you, you do get issues where, you know, you tell an individual to go away and like you said with that client, like he, he didn't want to do the work. How do you approach individuals that uh, might be particularly lazy in front of you, in front of your eyes? They'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They agree with him. You say, yeah, I'll do this. And then you go away and, um, they come back to you and they haven't done the work. So what, what do you sort of things do you have in plan for that? Just get rid of them. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I'm still working on that. I think that's going to be a lifelong project is how can I get people to, to do the things that they need to do for themselves. Yeah. Um, and that, like I said, that's where my life, my life has gone in the direction of psychology. Like why are you sabotaging yourself? Mm. And I've gone down the road of, you know, 
even to the point where I'm like, you know, you deserve this, right? You know, you deserve to be 15 kilos lighter mm. and healthy and feeling confident when you're naked in bed with your partner. You deserve all of those things. And I think there's a point, there's a subconscious patterning that happens with people where they feel like they don't deserve it. And so they, you know, say, for example, the, the person in Melbourne who had the bad back, maybe he, there was something in him that maybe he felt he didn't deserve to feel good mm. or he felt like he had to be dependent on someone else or you know I, mm. and that's it's gonna be you know something that maybe you know more about in terms of psychology because I know you're deep into that but there's just something there that I want to be able to like flip the switch for people and I, yeah. I've seen Tony Robbins do it in yeah, seminars yeah. he's like I'm like how does he do that in three minutes like <laughs> I want to be able to do that because then I could help more people but yeah there's definitely something in people but I think the biggest thing I get people to write down in their initial assessment with me, why um, write down three three reasons why you want to achieve the goals you have set and what it would mean for you to achieve those things. And I think just going through that kind of process helps people um, get better results. And yeah. then they're like, yeah, because no one ever thinks about that. They're just like, yeah, yeah I just want to be thinner. I just want to be. I just want to be stronger. I just want to be bigger. It's like, but why do you want to achieve yeah. that? And what would it mean for you to achieve that? And once they've written that down, I think it does start unlocking that process in their head of like, yeah, that's why I want to do. It. I'm doing it for, like I just said, you know, I want to have a massive impact on the world because I'm doing it for my mum. Mm. You know, I'll, that's why I'm doing it. And so every day I wake up and I feel lazy. I go, no, I have to. Like yeah, yeah. I have a duty now. Yeah. Like I'm on a mission. Yeah. So I think if people can tap into that, and I, I, I often do it with my own training. I'm like. I can't be fucked to do deadlifts today. And I'm like, hold on a minute. I'm trying to inspire people to get into health and fitness. I have a fucking duty to turn up to the gym yeah. and do those deadlifts. And then I go, all right, all right, I have to go. So I think it's just tapping into people's why. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, um, taking, taking people back to that why, it, it then circles back to that point of, of, okay, is it because of the pleasure or the pain that you're, that you're running from? Yeah. And um, I, I went on a course over in Melbourne uh, probably about eight, eight to ten weeks ago. Uh, by a guy called William Whitecloud who's actually coming to Perth in February and we're doing a webinar with him uh, next week and he is all about discovering uh, your unconscious thoughts and your subconscious thoughts and your truths and he said there's basically seven limiting beliefs and uh, most of them are to do with self-worth and self-love is that because at a young age when you're being nurtured between the age of zero and two by your by your mom she's expressing pure love yeah. So that's how you fi figure out what what love is. That's that's your your image of or spirit of love, uh, let's say. And if something happens that is traumatic or feels abandoning to that by uh, that child at that that point, that then becomes this unconscious cycle throughout your life. Even at the age of twenty seven, you'll be going back to that point where actually I feel abandoned. I feel like I, I'm not worthy for this this point. I, I don't love myself for this because of X, Y, and Z yeah. happened either when you were zero to two or by your fa your father from between you know, four and seven. And if the individual wants, if your father wants to validate you, so going back to that, back to that why. But you know, I would definitely recommend. You know, you've already nailed it. Going into that psychology, and that's what I knew that I know the science of things. But yeah. to be able to change people's behaviour, you've got to figure out the psychology of the individual. Yeah. And I think that's a big uh, area that kind of just opens you up as a coach. You go, I can nail this. Yeah, and it's an uncomfortable conversation. So it's mm. probably why I like. I've kind of known it through conversations and books and things, but 
you know, I'm ultimately, I'm there to train someone. They don't want to walk into the gym and me be like, hey, you know what happened to you when you were a child when you were five? That's probably ruining it. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. they're crying. And it's like, all right, mate, I just came in to learn how to squat. Get out of my head. So it's like, there's a fine balance between, Certainly. you know, I'm yeah. not a psychologist, but yeah. I do really want to give people the tools to be able to delve into that themselves or, mm. you know, make recommendations. I know there's... um a group in Melbourne, MJB Seminars, they do lots of work and I'm actually going to hopefully do one of their courses this Amazing. year. It's called Relationships and You and it's all about developing the relationship with yourself so you can have a better relationship with everything else yeah. in your life. And, um, you know, lots of people have recommended that I go and do it. So, uh, you know, I, I want to um, make sure that happens this year because, you know, even to the point, I think, I, I just think it's a never-ending journey. Yeah, I've read a few books and I've listened to a few Tony Robbins things and Joe Dispenza and I get some concepts, but I think until you go through the process of literally smashing down that wall of your limiting beliefs and you have that breakthrough moment and it's, you know, people describe it from this course, it's like a massive aha moment and like you, you start crying and, you know, you, you have this breakthrough. That's the experience I want to have. And then I'll maybe understand the psychology of it better mm. and be able to help more people from there. But, um, you know, obviously, like I said, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I want to be able to at least give people some guidance into mm. doing that because otherwise, you know, like you said, you spend the rest of your life repeating the same patterns that you were you built into you at two years old. And then you get to 19 and you think, fuck, I didn't even reach my true potential <laughs> because what, my mum put me down when I was two and I, and I realized, that I, oh, I felt abandoned and yeah. so I went through my whole life going I can't be anything because I might get abandoned and like, all unconscious people just don't realise yeah. it until they actually look within and, and take some we live in such a fast paced world where everything is just about next what's next you know, people are on phones it's all about dopamine hits it's all about going for the next crazy these crazy people that queue up in the, shop, in, in the shops for like 24 hours just to go and grab a new TV <laughs> or something like that I'm like Focus on what's actually internal. Like, what do you truly want? Like, do, yeah. do you do you really need that TV, or do you actually want some something to entertain? Is that because it's entertaining you, distracting you from something that's feeling painful? And it, it, we get sold so much shit. Yes. Whereas, really, to try and find true happiness, you just got to go. Okay, what do I truly want? Yeah. And performance through health. The you know, the, the, the the some of the initial steps that we go through is is actually go away and remove your parents thought beliefs on you remove culture's beliefs on you remove whatever you've just told and spend some time alone to go what do i truly want to do with my life because we do live in such a time now like you just said earlier where i believe we can actually do anything but we do yeah. but we want we want to we're not we're not we're not putting a box now to say you know you're you're going to be a chef or you're going to be this or you're going to be that ah. people feel like that but they can go hold on a second i can you can train someone in south america yeah on the internet it's ridiculous. Like the, the possibilities are endless. And I think we need to step into the realization of that. Like mm. you just said, how do you actually do that through performance through health? Like how do you start that process? So I have a, a 32 question, uh, like a motivational interview, which yeah, right. then the, the questions are essentially just like questions you'd probably ask. Most of it's all about their previous health. But then I do start talking about if they have or ask them if they have any kind of addictions and stuff like that. And uh, if they've got any stresses in their life, any relationships that they're kind of having. Um, and, and then ask them if they have any any problems and I guess just through the conversations of just meeting with the individual just trying to find those patterns with them and then uh, like actually asking them you know is this truly what how much how much enjoyment do you get out what you're doing currently mm. how much stress does it cause and usually you find out if a lot of people go well probably about a five enjoyment at work but maybe seven or eight stress 
and instantly you can go, do you know what? It's because you, you're not in line with it. Yeah. It's not truly what you want to be doing. Because if it's truly what you want to be doing, the enjoyment's high and the, the stress might still be relatively high, but the enjoyment's certainly going to be higher there yeah. because the stress and the enjoyment just is what becomes motivation, right? Yeah. So if you feel like you look at an individual, they're not motivated, they say they're highly stressed and they're not enjoying things, you instantly can go, you don't know what you truly want. Yeah. And um, that, what's the point in living a life like that? Exactly. Like, what, you go on for 30 years, not motivated, not inspired, highly stressed, making poor nutritional choices, exercise choices, creating bad habits because you're trying to distract yourself from the fact that you're not enjoying your life. And it's like, and then what? You're 65, you've wasted that time. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, it, it, it's a massive area that needs to be delved into. But yeah. yeah, and like I said, you said people on phones and things. I think everything now is amplified. I don't think um, people are more anxious or more depressed than before. I just feel like everything now is highly amplified mm. because our brains are so exposed to so much. Like, I think I read somewhere in a book a while ago that, you know, our brains are ancient things um, and we're only really designed, like we've always compared, we've always ranked ourselves in a social hierarchy and things like this subconsciously, but we would normally only have a tribe of 50 uh, to, you know, put yourselves in. So now you log into Instagram you're comparing yourself to the top 1% of the entire world, 8 billion people, and of course you're going to rank <laughs> quite low on there because if you're not in the top 1%, like you'd know if you were, you know, and so I think everything's now highly amplified and there needs to be more of a uh, strategy of self-defense against all of that through doing things like performance through health, you mm. know, actually dive into these courses that are helping you un like uncover your limiting beliefs and things like that so that you you have a, an immunity to the barrage of stuff that's coming in and then um you know take action on that so read the books do the courses and spend more like you just said about the black friday sales <laughs> spend more of your money on you yes biggest investment stop trying to fill the hole like a tv doesn't fit in the hole that you're trying to fill yeah. so you have to like fill it with knowledge and self-awareness and you know inspiration and things yeah. and actually find your true core happiness and you know happiness for someone might be you know living in far north queensland in a small shack looking after a patch of chickens yeah. and you know earning 25 grand a year at a, you know a bar or whatever it is that's fine. Yeah, it and I matter. think that's what people need to realize is whatever your source of happiness is, go go for it because okay. it doesn't it doesn't matter how you how your happiness ranks in comparison to other people's happiness. Like not everyone needs to be an entrepreneur with hundreds of thousands of dollars. I absolutely so, love that. Yeah, that's that's, that's awesome. Um, so you're obviously uh, you seem like you're quite educated. Quite a few books that you're reading. You're currently reading uh, Why We Sleep, I've noticed. That's right, yeah. How's that going? Um, I, I don't know if it was you that put me onto that or someone on Instagram did. Um, I'm Maybe. loving it. Maybe, perhaps. It's fascinating. Um, incredible, yeah. It's actually reinstated my love for napping <laughs> because I've realized how much benefit I was getting from having those naps. Um, and I remember telling one of my A-type personality clients, CEO of a massive company, yeah, I, I take a nap every day. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't, I, I get, I, I, all I have is a nap. <laughs> yeah, he gets four, five, six hours sleep a night. Send him my way. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm getting eight and a half at night and then 30, 45 minutes in the middle of the afternoon. I'm like, this is amazing. My strength, my capacity to handle evening clients, everything mm. was just 
amplified. I was like, this yeah, okay. is the best thing I've ever done in my life. That's, that's awesome. That's really interesting. I mean, um, obviously they say seven to nine hours is what is average, but people like yourself who might be training, uh, how many times do you train just once a day or do you train? Um, times just once a day, five times a week. Yeah. Because yeah, I know some, some people who are personal trainers, like probably the ones that haven't got that much work tend, tend to train yeah. twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, I know that if I was in that field, I probably would because I just would enjoy it. But then having that extra nap is like that extra recovery. It's so um, you touched on that you, you know, your strength's gone up and you know, you've been able to contribute more to your evening, evening classes because of, uh, because of your sleep. Yeah. So where are you currently at with your training then? Um, my own personal training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my training took a dip at the end of last year, to be honest. Yeah. I was actually probably at my peak before I left Melbourne. Um, and then the stress of moving and having to rebuild a business on the West Coast and setting up the online academy. Like, there was just so much going on. Yeah. You know, you can only have so yeah. many things in number one spot of your priority yeah. list. So training had to just take a back seat. So I'm on the rebuild now. I've set some good goals for 2020. Um, and yeah, I'm prioritizing. And that's part of the napping. So prioritizing my training isn't just me making sure I turn up at the gym. It's prioritizing when I eat. It's prioritizing the types of food I eat. It's prioritizing my napping, my sleeping. So that's all part of the process of me prioritizing my training. I think people forget that. They think all right, I want to get fitter, so I'll train more. And then they go from training four times a week to six times a week mm. to twice a day. It's just ridiculous. Mm. But I think people need to take into account that the other aspect, you're only going to improve if you recover. And so, yeah, that's part of where I'm at right now with my training is I'm um, amplifying all of the recovery methods. So, you know, I'm, I've cut out fried foods. I'm monitoring my sodium more. I realized I was eating way too much salt. Yeah, I saw it, that. It was really yeah. bizarre. I was... I was really struggling to recover between sets. And it was the first time in my life I, was, I would do a set of eight and I was struggling to get to 10 reps and things. And, mm. and what it felt like is when I braced, I felt like, I literally felt like my blood pressure was too high. Okay. And um, I don't know if it had something to do with sodium or stress or lack of sleep or all these things. Anyway, so I started tracking all my food in the app again and I realized I was eating more of these pre-marinated packaged foods and you know two minute rice you put it in the microwave and yeah, like, yeah they all yeah. have so much sodium yeah. i was eating up to five thousand milligrams of sodium a day some days <laughs> you have quite a lot of calories as well and, yeah um, four thousand yeah yeah so i was like shit i wonder if that's playing a role in like raising my blood pressure i was just really struggling anyway since the last 10 days of the new year i've started napping i've kept my sodium at a uh, more reasonable rate and you know prioritize the types of foods i'm eating less convenience foods more home cooked stuff um but yeah i just feel incredible already it's 10 days yeah i've made these changes um i had my deadlift session yesterday and i was like that was the best deadlift session i've had in the last six months it was just everything flowed everything felt tight i felt energized i recovered well between sets and i think it's literally what a 30 minute nap not eating shit food and just monitoring i think my sodium might have played a role in that but yeah, yeah, yeah. just those little things i don't think people think about they think some people would think all right, my training's lagging, I'll just train more. And then you dig, it, dig a deeper hole. Mm -hmm. um, whereas I thought, my training's lagging, I need to recover more. And now my training's off on, a, on the right trajectory again. So um, yeah, that's currently where I'm at. I'm, I'm not creating anything amazing with my training right now, yeah. but by the end of this year, that's my goal is to awesome. maybe do another powerlifting meet and things yeah, yeah. like that. There's quite a few guys around, uh, around. I think Perth's quite big for powerlifting. Since I've come over here, there seems to be quite a yeah. few gym that, that really really enjoy it. Powerlifting and the strongman seems to be uh, yeah seems to be pretty cool over here. And yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoy some of the guys that uh, get involved in some of the guys there. Good, have a good laugh. There's a couple of things that I uh, wanted to touch on there. Um, mm. 
the stress that was uh, obviously having high stress levels there's a lot of people out there uh, going back to that type a individual four hours sleep um it does contribute to to further issues and people who are highly stressed and if you wanted to train and think i'm not getting fitter i need to train more and it goes back to that you know, that, that client that i had where i said you know you think we need to take a bit of a deload you've got to have um you know a, a, a macro cycle you've got to have a plan in place if especially it's for one big event you've got to be looking at the you know the grand scheme of things and you'll break it break it down to go okay this is how much we're going to spend time doing here this is how much rest we're going to get here and um, yeah, I'm actually just uh, trying to finish off an ebook on on high performance and, yeah, uh, right. and recovery, and to, to reduce stress and how it can impact the nervous system and you know, cause sleep issues and things like that. So that, that's um, yeah, that's a great thing to to touch on, certainly. Yeah, I don't think people think about it enough. And training is a stress. You know, the mm. body doesn't know stress from stress, physical stress yeah. from emotional stress from anxiety. It's all stress. And if that stress capsule gets too full, like your performance massively decreases because mm. your body doesn't want that extra stress it's trying to deal with your anxiety and your emotions and self-worth stress so it's like um or your work stress so yeah i think it's something that really needs to be taken into account so what's the, is the ebook strategies on how you manage it's, that um it's probably going to be more because i'm because i'm a scientist I, my preferred writing style is is like scientific yeah. so i'm trying to make it so people can educate people like educate coaches and individuals the science of what stress is yeah, cool. um how it goes impacts the nervous system and when, when it sets off the sympathetic nervous system the parasympathetic nervous system how that's all balanced and then um at home things you can do that don't cost you anything to yeah. improve so that's making sure you know your sleep's correct making sure that your, uh, your, your, your calories are the right amount, you're not in a deficit for too long, you've got the right macronutrients, you're eating whole foods, avoiding things like uh, salt, you know, you, your gut functions, uh, your you, you function's good because mm. stress causes gut issues, it causes sleep issues, breath work, meditation, looking within, trying to visualize actually switching off the nervous system and how all that the science of all, all, I guess, a lot of that helps to then say, okay, if you've got an individual who um, doesn't want to stop training, what can they be doing at home to ensure that their recovery is as optimal as possible? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you a question about that. I saw recently that you did the Wim Hof breathing methods was that right on instagram um uh, did you do something so i did that? i did one a little while ago and i'm actually doing one tomorrow oh right yeah so um what's that involve the wim hof breathing methods uh, it's it's a bit of a strange one it's basically like a, a 30 hyperventilation breaths so you take in a pretty much a whole almost a full breath in and you blow blowing out i think it's about two thirds or three quarters of, of the air um, but it's like sharp breaths. So it's basically every time you take a breath, it, it's it's contracting the diaphragm quite hard, which then activates the the vagus the vagus nerve, which the vagus nerve is is, is uh, connected to the the parasympathetic nervous system. So it activates more of the recovery side of things. But what then you then do is you do a breath hold. But because you've hyperventilated, it drops your CO two level down. Now CO two is what drives you to breathe throughout throughout the day, essentially. So if you lower that CO2, all of a sudden you can hold your breath for longer. But what happens is, is the actual, if you hold your breath for longer, you can actually find after 30 breaths, you can probably hold your breath for about 30 minutes, uh, sorry, about, uh, about a minute on average. You do it again, then all of a sudden you can hold your breath for like maybe two or three minutes. But a third time, you're holding your breath for about four minutes. No way. But what happens is, because the CO2 is so low, 
oxygen levels start to fall as well. But because oxygen doesn't drive uh, you to breathe until it's at a critical level, then what happens, you all of a sudden get this spark of sympathetic nervous activity, and it's like it resets the nervous system. Wow. And, and that's what Wim Hof is saying, is that we can reset our nervous system so that it's functioning optimally. It's like it's been born again wow. through, breath, through breath work and holding your breath. And he uses, obviously, cold to then teach you to, to how to handle stress mentally and things like that as well. That's amazing. Mm. Is he a scientist? I don't know much about him. No, he's, uh, I, think he, I think he's obviously learned the science yeah. of it. But I think it all come from, actually, his wife committing suicide. And I think one day he uh, decided to jump into an ice uh, into an icy lake to, I think, actually to commit suicide himself. Oh, right. And when he was under the water, he realized that he was so still and that it hurt so much that he actually went within and then realized that he was just at peace with just being in the cold. And I think every single day for years, he just went and jumped into his pool. And he actually discovered the breath and jumping in and realizing that he could hold his breath and withstand all the, the cold. And then he started to, you know, he's done it for so long, he actually started to go to to doctors and saying, look, I can do this. And they put him in MRI scanners and come to do the breath work and watched his brain waves. And all of a sudden they were like, oh my God, this guy's actually defying the science books. And they've actually had to rewrite the science because of what he's discovering. That's incredible. And this is stuff that, you know, thousands of years ago that they were doing. That's but, amazing. But the medical world or you know, the scientific world is like, I oh, know that, 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 that Eastern stuff, we don't, need, we, don't, you know, we don't need to think about that. We'll have the, we've got the Western ways and that's it. And there's a lot that we can learn from integrating the, the East and the West. But because of the conflict of the wars and everything in history, governments, and, governments are not going to allow that. That's what I actually love about your page um, mm. is I know that you're very science-based, but mm. I love that you bring in herbs. Like my whole mm. thing has always been, like I said, my mum passed away, my whole thing was, how can I optimize my levels of vitamin C naturally? How can I do this with natural herbs? How can I bring down my cortisol with a herb? Like, mm. So I love following your page because I learned so much and you bring in that crossover. Like you're not like, you. there's some evidence-based scientific people out there that scoff at the idea that turmeric could have an anti-inflammatory effect on the body mm. because the science isn't strong enough. <laughs> and it really affects me because then I go, fuck, am I one of those hippies that believes anything? But now I'm like, no. I know, I, like, yeah. I've given turmeric supplements or I've recommended that um, a client take turmeric or um, I can't remember some other herbs. And I've asked them, and I know it's anecdotal and I've got no blood work and I've got no results to present on it, but I've said, has that helped the arthritis in your feet? Mm. And they say, yes, mm. I've never felt better. Mm. I'm like... Whether it's placebo, I don't, like, you know, and then people, oh, that's just placebo, which if a placebo works, a placebo works. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I love that crossover between the East and the West. And that's something else that I'm really passionate about mm. is, you know, yes, the evidence. And I, I did a post on it a while ago. I was like, just because you can replace 200 calories of um, fruit, I think I said, with 200 calories of chocolate, it doesn't mean that you should. Mm. Um, because, you know, everything that you're getting from the plants is so much more beneficial to you than the chocolate. So, you know, if you go too evidence-based, it's like, yeah, but you can just um, you can just lose weight if you're in a calorie deficit and it doesn't matter where the calories come from. It's like, yeah, that's great, but there's other things going on. Like, yeah. I think food affects emotions, food affects creativity, you know, yeah. all these things. Huge. Um, I always think that the, the practitioner is always ahead of the science. Yeah. Because the practitioner has to make the move and then go, okay, we've found a discovery here. I've got a result, for example. And then the scientist goes, well, no. the scientist, the, 
the uh, I guess the scientist is a skeptic in a way. It's like I'm actually trying to disprove a hypothesis that you've created for me. And they have to be. Yeah, and yeah. And, and that and that's the way to do it. But just because the evidence isn't there today, so that it does it, it does it something doesn't it does something. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it's up. It just means the evidence isn't there yet. Yeah, I and, saw that in, sorry to cut you off, Why We Sleep, he says, absence of evidence doesn't mean evidence. No, I can't remember what the phrase, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. basically said that, like, just because there's no evidence doesn't mean it's not actually what's happening. Yeah. Um, because, because people, who's going to support or fund research on turmeric in arthritis? Yeah. Because you can't sell turmeric all around the world to a, a price of you can for medicine. Right. It's it's that's that's the kind of world we live in. It's like where's the funding going to go to do the research on? And and funding has been massively pulled from the sciences, right? And it's crazy that to think that's like we live in a world where science is discovering all these things, but they only want to look at things that are going to going to have lots of money in. You know, it's it's a a capitalist world at the end of the day. So it's like right, all the money's going now into into technology. We don't care about your nutrition studies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that makes sense. You can't, I think, because you, you can't patent a plant, can you, or no. a herb? So it's like, well, there's no point researching that. But it just doesn't make sense. Like that's where I get frustrated at the world, and I just watch all these like evidence-based arguments online, and I'm mm. like, but yeah, I get that you're throwing a paper at me saying this, but I've seen it with this client and this client and this client and this client. Like you change the nutrition, you change the information or whatever it is, and it's amazing. Like I've, I've, I'm getting reports back anecdotally. But yeah, it's um, it, but yeah, I've gone off on a tangent. But <laughs> I love that you do that crossover. Thank you. No, I appreciate. It. I, I I'm a very open individual. Um, I, you know, I read things. I, I'm read, currently reading Joe Dispenza's book, uh, Becoming Supernatural, and I, I think some of it is like, okay, it's a bit too far fetched for me. Yeah. Um, but then he also then delves into some of the uh, neurological science and a lot of it actually matches up with what I know from the sleep with the, the brain waves and stuff like that and it makes sense with all the creativity and yeah. Um, yeah, well, I do meditate and I do go into that uh, the land where time doesn't exist and you're just, you are essentially just feel like you're part of everything right. um, because essentially you're just, you're just, it's like you're dreaming you're in the dream world is just the, the world that is just unknown it's, yeah. just, it's just out there so I get some of, some of that and you, you can't put literature on that no you, and you can't put literature on subjective individuals and you can't put literature on what matters to you yeah matter matters but it's what matters to you that matters most that's true yeah I like that <laughs> that's true anyway um, so we've been talking for about an hour now it's been it's been great to chat um, I do have a, a couple of questions more I guess coming from the perspective of performance through health so uh, my role or my duty is to try and help individuals become the better version of themselves. Uh, that's what performance health is. It's through health. So mm -hmm. what I want to ask you is what can you be doing to take your levels of performance to the next level? Oh, all right. Put on the spot. So what could I be doing to take my performance to the next level? And I'll just define what performance uh, performance means in performance through health. Performance is not uh, it's not fitness or whatever. It's, it's, it's just the ability to get what you want in your life. You know what I, I'm thinking right now, I think what I need to do more of is reconnect with my bigger why, I guess. I think sometimes I get distracted with the minor details in life or like, you know, the likes on Instagram mm. or the growth of my social media posts. And when I get too caught up in those little details, I think I 
get derailed because then you go into that comparison cycle, you know, and things like that, that I've tried to build that immunity against. I think my, I think something I need to do, and I, I've said it multiple times to my partner, I really need to create a morning routine where I wake up, I spend the first 10 minutes of the day with no distractions and I just sit and it could be a meditation, it could be whatever it is, it's a visualization of where I want to go, what I want to create and what I want to be and the legacy I want to leave mm -hmm. behind. Because then if I wake up every day and do that, I feel like I'll have a roadmap then of how to get there yeah. and I'll know how to prioritize my day. It's like, you know, all the tasks that I've got to do to whatever it is, I'll know which ones to do first. Mm. And I think that's something, you know, I've, I think I've read it from Tim Ferriss or uh, someone else that a morning routines are a massive part of most successful people's um, life. Something like that, I think, is, is my next step is to create that morning routine, just that visualization. I remember when I was bulking up, um, you know, because I used to weigh 90 kilos. I'm 120 now. So I put on 30 kilos of size. <laughs> I used to be a mid-distance runner. I was like smashing out 10K runs in under 40 minutes. And I was like, yeah, I just love running. And I was like, actually, I want to lift weights and get massive. So yeah. there was a period of time when nothing was changing. I, I was struggling with the formula like of how to do it, you know, eating enough food and all that. There was a period of time where I gained 16 kilos in about eight or nine months. And it was just a massive amount of growth. And I was smashing the food, I was napping. Like I said, I was taking probably an hour nap every day. So that was part of my thing. But part of my thing was every night and every time before I'd have that nap, I would visualize being, at the time it was like 110 kilos was my goal. I would visualize stepping on a scale, I would visualize walking around, I would visualize what my life would be like if I was bigger and I would feel myself being bigger. Mm. And I'd, off, I'd almost get this shot of adrenaline through me. Like, mm. oh, and it's that yeah. moment, I was like, that's the, and that's the feeling I'm going to attach to. Yeah. And I, I know Joe Dispenza talks about this, creating the reality you want to step into and mm. then it will come to you. And I didn't know anything about Joe Dispenza and that at the time, but it was just something that I did. I was like, how do I feel? How do I walk? How do I look like, what does it look like when I step on the scales? And I know it sounds probably crazy, but I did it every single day for yeah. that whole year, yeah. twice a day, I reckon. And in that year, I gained probably 18 kilos. Like, yeah. it was ridiculous. It was mass. And people were asking me if I was on steroids, if I was taking drugs. I was like, no, I'm just eating and sleeping. And little did I know that maybe the visualization was the key ingredient yeah. that got me there. Because it, you create this identity. You're like, you create what you want to be. And then you make all your decisions based off becoming that person. So mm. it was like everything in my life got prioritized to becoming that so yeah have you seen uh, eddie hall's uh, netflix program i have yeah where recently he, where he uh, you know how he pulled that 500k deadlift i oh so, maybe so i missed the, the process that he went through i can't remember if it was on netflix or it might have been back at home when i was on uh, when i was back in the uk and i think it was i think it might have been on tv but he was saying that he was working with psychologists to do hypnosis oh really so, to, to, to hypnotize him to the point where he was at a point where his memory, he, he was already, he was, he'd already lifted the, the, the weight that many times in his, in his brain that he knew that he was going to lift it regardless. But what he actually did is they anchored a real horrible memory uh, of, of like his child getting, um, you know, in a car crash or, or something like that. And when he was going there, he was so full of adrenaline. He knew he could lift it, he could lift it before. And he just, pulled it and when he pulled wow. it his blood was coming out everywhere and afterwards he says I don't remember any of that I don't remember any of it at all I was just, just I, I was, it was just all up here he goes I don't, I, 
I can't remember a thing. Put it down, walked away. So I didn't even remember lifting it. That's amazing. Yeah. But I think that's so crucial. Mm. And it's something that people don't do enough. Like you can visualize, like I've done it with a 250 kilo deadlift. I remember visualizing it to the point where I would like, I would feel like I've just lifted it. And then I'd be yeah. like, fuck, I can't do this before bed anymore. Cause I'm so jacked. Like I'm pumped now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, there is actually science to it as well because they've 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 looked at visualization in in, uh, in the beginning by people who have never threw basketballs before, and they've got people to just just practice the free throws and then look at how that improves over you know eight weeks of just practice, and then they've got people just to visualize it, and even those who visualized improved their you know, their free throws by like thirty to forty percent. It's amazing. By that, not even actually doing anything. Yeah, I've heard about that study. It's ridiculous, yeah, and, and it's, they're just practicing and it's like someone says practice doesn't make perfect perfect practice makes perfect yeah. and you can perfectly practice it in your mind you more than you can perfectly practice it in real life so yeah. you create those neural pathways i think joe Dispenza touches on it there's some science i think somewhere where people have visualized lifting weights and they've actually induced muscle growth yeah from yeah. creating a stimulus via the nervous system yeah. to the muscle and it's created growth response it's just like that's ridiculous so you know, if you want to get massive, you can just lie in bed. Exactly. Well, that's that's the thing is is there's physical there's physical stimuli, but then there's the mental stimuli, and if the mental stimuli has the same physiological impacts on the body, not to the same extent that physical would, but it does. It, it it's going to form those patterns within the brain. Like yeah. when you um you know, when you're lifting the weight and you're trying to do a rate of force development, it's it's about muscular patterns and and recruiting the right muscle groups for uh, say for an Olympic lift. You can visualize that and you're still going to start to build those the neural pathways that are going to lead to that muscular activating more you can do you can do that with anything yeah so then it becomes when you go and do it physically you've done it a hundred times in your head mm. it's just another time yeah that you're doing it yeah so next so to take yourself to the next level of performance you need to start visualizing a bit more then I yeah. think that's it, yeah. And that's what I'm going to commit to now because I've just realized you, 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 how you, exciting that may be. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. One last question um, the, the, from the health perspective of end. Now, this is not, a, and this is not about, about you. It is your thoughts on the current world. If you were to try and change one thing about, let's, let's say, Western society because there are there's some healthy, healthy parts of the world in terms of improving health, what would you, what would you try and do? If, if, let's, let's remove all boundaries and say one thing you could do that could change it the majority of individuals, improving the majority of individuals' health? Right. <laughs> um, something I think would be around spend some time to discover your why mm -hmm. um, and connect to your purpose for being because I, th I feel like a lot of the obesity, obviously there's hyperpalatable foods everywhere, there's convenience foods, there's stuff, there's a lot of stuff going on, but I think a lot of the problems come from not having enough self-worth or purpose and yeah like you said you're reaching for chocolate because it's comforting in the mm. moment of loneliness i think if you can if you but when you're on a mission and you have a purpose i feel like all those kinds of things just drop away naturally so if if more people spent more time working on the psychology i think they would get the physical results that they're after awesome awesome thank you very much thanks no for um Coming in all the way up here. Yeah, you know, just got a nosebleed from coming so north. <laughs> um, so where, if uh, you know, people want to get in contact with you or want to start following you, where can they uh, get, where can they grab you? So I've got my personal account, um, which is just changed to proper.joedavis on Instagram, at proper.joedavis. Um, 
at proper.fitnessacademy is the business account where you can find all the educational stuff that I post around the science of health and fitness. Um, and then properfitnessacademy.com is the website. Um, so yeah, that's where you can go if you want to find out more about the academy. Awesome. This won't be the last. We'll do it again. Yeah, and this was great. Thanks that very much. actually went off on a whole great tangent of psychology <laughs> that I was really inspired by. So thanks for having me. No worries. Thanks for coming up.